guys, it's Eva, and I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds, rate, comment, all that great stuff is greatly appreciated. So, without further ado, let's get into this. Also, FYI, you'll only get this if you listen to the episode before this one, but I am filming or filming, oh my gosh, maybe not what I was going to say is probably not going to be relevant anymore, but (laughs) I'm recording at my normal record time. So hopefully my brain will be fully functioning. Um, If you didn't listen to the previous episode, I decided to record at a different time in the day and my brain was just like not working with anything I was trying to say. So hopefully that won't be the case for this one. But yeah, so this is going to be an exciting episode. We are going to be discussing some movies and I am super excited because one, like currently binging literally sprung out of me having the need and want to talk about all the things that I watch and that also includes movies and you guys know I love talking about movies um I discussed this a little bit in the episode before this one I feel like I want to reference it um a lot but I um essentially if you are new, when I talk about movies, one of the big things that I do talk about is the in-theater experience. I love talking about that. I think there is nothing like being in the theater and watching movies. Yes, we have all of the technology to make our home viewing experience great, but there's just something about watching something in a room full of people you don't know and just being able for that hour and a half to two hour time period come together to enjoy this one thing. So there is just something um, about that. And of course, with everything going on in the world currently in the midst of a pandemic and um, depending on where you live, at least where I live, theaters are nowhere near being open or even attempting to be open. I know uh, the two movies that I talked about um, released internationally in theaters. I I get emails from all of the theaters or all of the movie theaters, and some of them were sending me emails about we're opening, we're opening in like certain locations. None of those locations were near me, so I don't know if you live near somewhere where a theater was open and you got the chance to watch this in the theater. If you did, good for you. I also talked about this in a previous episode, but I just feel like the way I am set up. If the theater was open right now, I would not be going to it. I would literally have to know how many people were going to be in the theater. And if it was like just me, then I would go. But if it was like me and maybe one other person, I would still go. After that, I'm just like, I'm good. I'll pass. Like I have a pretty good home setup to watch movies anyway, because you guys know I watch a lot of things. So I want them to feel as great and grand as possible so I do have a pretty decent home setup and um I did watch both of these in my house one of them with people one of them on my own and yeah let's get into this so 
I guess we can start with Mulan. Also, I should preface this by saying, one, I'll have the timestamp, so, because I'm talking about two movies, so if you're only here for one or the other, then you can just reference the timestamps to get to that movie. Also, I am not anticipating this to be super long for either, a super long discussion for either movie, just because it is October. Um, these came out in September. I watched these in September, and I'm saying like they came out in September, like it was the beginning of September, it was like the end of September, but <laughs> we're in the middle of October, so it has been some time since I've watched these, and I did not like do any real notes on these movies because I kind of, I feel like it's a general consensus across both of them how I feel, and so we'll get to that, but um, I'm not expecting them to be super long in-depth discussions, but there are a few things that I did want to talk about. So we're going to start with Mulan. Mulan um, released on Disney Plus, um, Disney Plus Premiere, I think that's what they're calling it. So this was D Disney Plus, which released, when did Disney Plus release? Earlier this year or end of last year? I can't even remember when the actual streaming service. It was, it had, it's not a year old. I think it was the end of last year. And then with everything that happened with COVID, you guys know, we all went into this, not even, it didn't even cross our minds that this would be some type of a long-term situation. And so a lot of the movies that were planned for um, later in the year, I, <laughs> I mean, realistically, I don't think a lot of the the companies or um, actors or anyone thought that, like, we would get to the point where we would either have to push the movies out or, like, think of a different way to release it. And we kind of got a little bit of a an idea of what releasing on demand would look like with some of the movies that, one, had just released in theaters right before everything got shut down. And for like those smaller movies that were planned to be released in theaters and then they switched gears and were just like, we're just gonna straight push to VOD. And we there was a lot of success that was seen with Trolls, apparently. <laughs> and then there was a lot, a lot of um, success that was seen with the, oh my gosh, that movie is slipping my, mine but it's a movie with the woman who everyone thinks she's crazy but because her husband died and she believes that he is trying to murder her and he's still alive um oh my gosh I can't think of the movie but you guys know what I'm talking about um that movie <laughs> also apparently was doing well so like a lot of those movies that were releasing earlier were doing well I think it had to do with just at the time everyone was at home everyone wasn't really thinking that was going to be this really long-term solution and thus we were just watching a lot of things I've talked about this in previous episodes how I'm just like I feel like I watched I've watched everything to the point that I'm watching things that I most likely would not watch during normal times <laughs> so I just think everyone was watching everything so um it got to a point where when we all came to the realization that this was a much longer term um thing that we were going to be in I think a lot of studios and um, production companies were like, okay, we either need to r recoup some of the money and still release it this year or push it out into next year, which I mean, essentially they would be losing some money and pushing it out. I was surprised <laughs> that Mulan um, was actually released on demand 
And I was surprised because there were so many like issues and it seemed like delays with Mulan in general that I was surprised that, and it was an expensive uh, movie uh, just in general. I didn't write down also something that's different because you guys know another part of me um, doing movies, movie reviews is not only talking about the theater experience, but talking about the numbers because you guys know I love to talk about the numbers, but I feel like I was seeing numbers float around like 300 million for the budget. I guess I could go to box office mojo, but yeah, I want to say I was seeing numbers like 300 million being floated around as far as how much the budget was. Don't quote me, not sure how accurate that is, but even releasing on demand, like you're still, there is no way that you recoup all of that money. Hence why they were like, okay, we're going to release it on demand. We're going to create this whole new thing, which they can completely change for any um, movies in the future, just based on how this worked. Not quite sure how this worked for um, on the Disney end, but or like how it panned out for them as far as like if they would change this whole format and like change the pricing or things like that. But this is the first rodeo and I'm I know they got a lot of learnings from it, but essentially you added a one-time charge of $30 to your Disney um plus subscription, so it was like an opt-in when the movie came out cuz I was wondering how, you know, I can't talk about theater experience, but we can talk about the streaming experience. So as they were talking about this whole thing, they were like, yeah, it's going to be $30 and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, how's this going to work? What's that going to look like? So essentially, if you go, because, you know, I'm I'm watching it on my TV. So I have Apple TV, which I've talked about because I've talked about how, like, the whole Netflix setup on Apple TV versus your phone is all, is all different, all the other stuff. I have a lot of complaining about, like... <laughs> the experiences on Apple TV versus other places. But um, on Apple TV, at least, not sure how it is for anywhere else, when you go into the Disney Plus app, you see like Mulan, watch Mulan, blah, blah, blah. And so if you clicked on it, it would be like premiere access and pretty much forcing you to go online. Like you can't even do it through that TV app. You have to go online into your, um, what is it called, your account, and then like select the option to opt in to the one-time charge of $30 for that Mulan movie. <laughs> so not really, and I feel like that's the case for all these TV apps. They force you to go to um, the actual website to like buy anything or opt into anything. Not really a smooth process. Uh, or a smooth customer experience because you're essentially like, oh, you got your popcorn ready. I'm just going to like opt into this. You would think that if you opt in, then they would just either, they would like charge you or your account would recognize that charge, but it doesn't work like that. So you do all that, you opt in, then you come back to <laughs> the movie app and it's like, oh, now you can watch. So you're you're paying that one time $30 fee is essentially you own, you own the movie for as long as that streaming service is um, operating. So, whereas you can buy a movie 
and I told you guys, I don't really have a lot to talk about about for the actual movies. So I feel like I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about things around getting to watching the movie. Um, which I think is still interesting. But I mean, we can agree to disagree if you don't think so. But so you're essentially opting in to owning that movie. So essentially what happens is if Disney Plus for whatever reason ever goes down the toilet and they're like, no more Disney Plus your $30 is gone and you have no way of ever watching that movie in the future versus if you were to buy it through like, um, I can't remember what they call it now, but it used to be, um, Google play where you used to buy like movies and stuff like that. You can't get through that. Or if you were to get it through Amazon or to get it through Apple directly, whereas like it just is there for forever. Um, that's the risk you run with this. But you get immediately immediate early access to the movie before everyone else who has a Disney Plus account and they won't have access to that movie until it's released widely on Disney Plus in December. Let's talk about the cost because I see a lot of people complaining about the cost and they're like, oh, $30 is expensive. Um, it's like you, $30 is expensive to watch at one time and honestly... I I know this is going to sting and I'm probably going to regret saying this, but I don't think if you think of all of the variations and ways you can watch this, I don't think $30 is a lot, especially because it is Disney+. Plus. I'm assuming majority of the people, even though I don't have a family or kids, majority of the people who actually went and made the purchase most likely are families. So if you're a family of four, $30 is cheaper than what you would pay to actually go see it in the theater. Um, for me, I would go see it in IMAX. And IMAX, if it's not mad, you guys know, I'm like, I be, <laughs> I take advantage of the system so that I can pay the most reasonable price. But I usually don't pay more than like, $15 for a movie. Unless I somehow end up going with someone who wants to go on opening night at night, then that's when we start talking about, okay, this is ridiculous, paying a lot of money. But for like IMAX, you can see it for like $15 to $20, depending on where you go, the time you go, all that other stuff. So that's generally how much I would pay to see it in IMAX. So that's already like two thirds of the cost. But I watched this with a group of people. Um, it was three of us. So therefore, when we all put in, even though it was on my account, we all put in um, $10 for that price. So essentially, it's about how much I would have paid to go see it if I didn't see it in IMAX and I went to matinee. It's about how much I would have paid to see it in theater. So, I mean, I don't really have much much to complain about the actual price. I know that that's something that has been flowing around there. I've seen a lot of complaints online about the price. I think it's reasonable. That's why I'm like, I don't know from the Disney side how they feel if they would change the price, like lower it for like future releases or what they would do. But that's just kind of where we landed. Um, so that's that piece of it. Let's talk about the actual movie. I went into this, so little background for those who don't know. I love Disney movies. I am like the, the biggest Disney movie lover. Like I love all the Disney princesses. I love all the movies. I can literally rank them. Mulan is not in my top five, actually. 
um, and the main push to even seeing Mulan live action was because one of my friends who I watched it with, this is, Mulan is actually her favorite movie, but like Mulan is not my favorite movie. You guys know which ones are my favorite Disney movies. Number one being Beauty and the Beast. So you guys know I was super geeked to talk about that one, but also add in the additional layer that I was one of those kids who lived in the cloud, head in the cloud in like fantasy world as my um, father would put it like you live in a fantasy world and it was like every single time I would watch anything that was animated as a kid I would be like imagining what it would look like as a at the time we didn't really live action wasn't really like a thing that we were using but imagining what it would look like live action so I am one of the few I feel like because every time there's they announce a new Disney movie that will be made um, as a live action film, I feel like a lot of people complain. They're like, "We're not being original. There, we're doing all the, we're doing all these movies, blah blah blah." blah. But I'm just like, I'm loving it because this is like my childhood dreams come true. So one, already geeked about that. But also, one of the other things that I love, and you guys know, I love is the music. I am a big musical person. I love me a good musical, but I also love the Disney movies for the songs. Granted, a lot of these live action um, movies, they have been stingy on the song parts. For some reason, they've been redoing them, but like taking out the songs or not making it like a sing-songy one, but kind of um, like instrumentals and stuff. So I think Aladdin was the one where it felt like they just made the Aladdin movie live action. Yeah, there were some tweaks, but it was like all the songs, even though we can we can we can discuss the songs because there are some of those songs felt like they were either slowed down or sped up and it was a little awkward, but we still have the songs. Also, Lion King, we can talk about. Mind you, I have episodes on both of these if you want to go back and listen to them. I have episodes actually on all the live action. Cinderella, um, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin, like I have an episode on all of them, so you can go back and listen to them. But like even Lion King, we had all the songs, even though it kind of did feel a little bit weird because the lions were emoting, but you know, I, I've gave, I'm giving my opinion on that, but we still have the songs. So going into Mulan, I knew we weren't going to have the um, songs. And you know, I was like, okay, whatever. I'm okay with that. This is me talking to myself going into questions. I'm like, I'm okay, Eva. We're okay with there not being songs in this. Because honestly, yeah, there are good songs in Mulan. But I feel like I would be able to get through this and not have the music and be okay. I don't know why I lied to myself. (laughs) I don't know if I ever mentioned this on the podcast. But in the beginning of the shutdown, because you know thought it was short term, I went through and rewatched all of the Disney movies, like all the Disney princess movies. And I was like, dang, Mulan has some actually like legit good songs. <laughs> and so for me, that was one of the things that was really missing from this movie. Granted, with this going into this, there were a lot of changes, um, which is the case for a lot of the animated Disney films. There are problematic things happening in them culturally, um, things that are offensive that with these live action versions, they've had to go in and kind of rewrite and rework to 
omit those offensive things. They did it with Aladdin. Um, we saw it with Mulan. Like Mulan, I felt like the overall, if someone was to give like a summary of Mulan, I feel like that was still there. But like when you actually start pulling back the layers to look at Mulan, it's a completely different film in a di completely di a completely different feel from the animated version. And let's not let's just take out the songs. We're not even gonna like focus on it not having the songs because that's not even the case. Because Cinderella is um had some songs in it, but they weren't like big songs, but like they had a little bit of doo 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 in it. But the live action didn't have anything like that in it. But it still felt like magical and like Cinderella. It felt like a familiar story. Even being the piece, you guys, Beauty and the Beast is my favorite Disney princess movie of all time. And they even reworked some things, which I've, I talked about, but like it still felt like Beauty and the Beast. Whereas this Mulan, where kind of the story, if you watch the animated version, it's kind of this young girl who decides to step up for her family, even though she's not a male, even though her family is against her, even though she's, it's kind of like grows up being like this outsider compared to everyone else in her village like she's completely different she's wants to be self-sufficient feel um fend for herself and i think that's why mulan resonates with a lot of young girls especially like the animated version when you watch it even though like we know like mulan is like an actual story but when you um look at the animated version for people who are like just introduced to mulan through the disney movie i think that's why it resonates with a lot of young girls because it's kind of one of those one of the few disney movies where like it feels like or one of the few animated disney movies during that time where it feel where it felt like a strong female character granted we still had like the guy come in even though they didn't get married at the end which i was like oh appreciate but um you still had like that whole like love story aspect of it but it's still like she felt if she felt relatable and in this and i don't really want to say this but you guys know i have to keep 100 percent for real like this movie was boring to me <laughs> like it was boring i found myself at moments just like spacing out not really paying attention and this is with me watching it with um other people i didn't even talk about like who the star who like the stars and director and writers all that stuff which i usually normally do but um directed by nikki caro writers rick jaffa amanda silver um starring i don't want to mess up her name because i know i'm going to say it wrong you guys know i'm already bad with names but ifi lu i don't know if i said that right don't like come for me i'm sorry donnie yen lee gong uh Jet Lee, um, now I'm just going down the list. <laughs> Jason Scott Lee, Yonson An, like there's a lot of people in this, but I don't want to keep going because I feel like I'm butchering everyone's names. But like, I think they worked with what they were given. I, but like the story for me was just so boring. And there were some aspects of this that I just did not understand why it was added or why we needed it. And I felt like they were maybe possibly trying to fill the void of not having the songs, not having um, our secondary characters um, like Mushu and um, the Cricket and all that other stuff. And so I think it was just like, 
weird and just felt like dull and it was kind of boring. And so it was kind of to me, like, I don't know if you have kids, I don't have kids, but I don't know if they would be able to sit through this entire thing. I was trying to find originally the runtime for this. It's an hour and 55 minutes, almost two hours. I don't know any kid who's gonna sit through an hour and 55 minutes of this, like, and be still. <laughs> Because it was just so, I can see kids quickly just being over it. Also, one of the great things about the animated version is just kind of like seeing Mulan progress from essentially not being capable of like not being a spider, not being super skilled, but like growing into that and kind of like earning respect through that growth. But in this, it was like she came out the gate, warrior ninja. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> kicking butts and taking names later like it was just all automatic and out of nowhere and didn't really make sense then we had the introduction of this witch which was like the magic part of it which i didn't get they kept showing this magical i can't remember what the bird is called but like the magical bird that kept showing up i was just like at one point while watching this i was just like what is with what is with the bird like i don't understand it was just too much added that i just felt like was not necessary me personally, I would have liked if we were going to get rid of the songs. I honestly don't know what what we could have done, but I don't know. It just felt it just felt so serious. I think that's a good that's a good um, description for it. It just felt so serious, and and that added to it feeling like rigid and boring and not fun. And Mulan, at the end of the day, like the animated version at least. There's some humor in there. There's some fun in there. Even outside of the singing. And a lot of that is from those side characters. Also, can we talk about some of these side characters? Because in Mulan, we know she has her love interest. And then in this, like, they're not, she doesn't have any love interests at all, which is fine. But then all the side characters that we got, there wasn't really, it was like they were there because they were there in the animated version, but there was, wasn't really anything to make us care about them being there, if that makes sense. So it was just a lot of misses for me in this um, live action version of this. And honestly, I contemplated watching this again because I was like, if I'm to be fully transparent, when I watched this, I told you guys I watched this with two other people, but also um, there were three dogs. <laughs> in the house so there was also like some compulsion going on with the dogs throughout watching this I mean there were periods where they were like done and like sitting there and were watching but like there was a bit of chaos going on with the dogs so I was like I don't know if that if I watched it again on my own if that would change anything but then I look at the time and look at how long the movie is and I'm just like I don't know that I want to watch like dedicate another hour and 55 minutes to this because at the end of the day it was still boring. Like in those quiet moments when the dogs weren't being dogs, I found myself spacing out or wanting to reach for my phone to do other things. I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but that's how I felt about Mulan. I don't know if you guys felt differently, but if I had to give a rating, because you guys know I love to rate these movies with a letter grade, I would give it like a C. Um, I know we don't have, we didn't talk about numbers because we only have international numbers. I mean, if you look at international um, box office numbers today, it's done about 66.8 million. 
but I can't give you a cinema score for this. I would assume if it was to have a cinema score, it would probably be like a B. Um, but I can tell you on IMDb that it has like a 5.4 as out of 10, but that's out of like 61,000 people, which also kind of speaks to, I think that's a small number of people, honestly, um, compared to like, if it would have released in the theater, I feel like it would probably have been more, probably been like double. And it's been some time, like we're in the, it's been almost a month now. So I feel like it sh we should have more people but maybe that's just me i don't know that's mulan <laughs> let's move on to antebellum again another movie that honestly was not on my radar radar at all and this was a case where okay so because i'm before i go on my tangent the star janelle monet <laughs> um is directed by Ger gerard bush christopher rents um and it's also written or the written is also <laughs> the screenplay is by those two as, or at least according to IMDb, they both have writer's credits and it's only those two. But <laughs> I had no intention of watching this movie. When I first saw trailers for this, it, the trailer seemed like it was supposed to be a horror movie. So I was, Definitely not going to watch this. But that same day that we watched Milan, we were like, they were like, oh, they love horror and stuff like that. But um, one of my friends is like, oh, we can watch Annabellum. And I was like, it's not horror or something. They're like, no, it's not horror. Because I don't know, I had only seen one trailer and that trailer made it seem like this was a horror movie or something along those lines. And so I was like, whatever. So... At the same time we were talking about it, my mom had sent out a text about, what, do y'all want to go in on renting Antebellum? So it's like everyone was thinking about Antebellum at the same time. And so um, she has, we all use her prime. And so we, um, to rent this, it would be $19.99 or $20.00. And as soon as you watch it, then you will only have two days to watch that movie before the rental is no longer available. If you don't watch it immediately, you have 30 days to watch it. And then once you watch it, then again, you only have 48 hours to watch it before the rental is over. So we were like, I was like, oh, we were just talking about it. Let's go in. So I... Um, my brother and sister never said anything. I'm assuming they never put money in on it, but I sent my mom $10. So therefore it was about the same price as if I would have seen it in the movie theater. And I find it funny that people complain about the $30, but they don't really complain about the $20. To me, I feel like they're pretty much up. They're pretty much apples and apples or oranges and oranges to me, but you know, whatever. We're not going to, we're not going to go there here. But, um, so essentially I ended up paying $10 for Annabellum, but we couldn't watch it because Amazon Prime, I'm going to need y'all to listen to like come closer to the speaker or to turn the volume up. If you, first of all, you introduce um, clients being able to create multiple profiles under one account, um, for the Prime app. Is it called, is it called the Prime app? I believe it's the Prime app, the, the how you watch things. <laughs> you um, gave the ability for people to create multiple profiles under the Prime app to be able to watch different things. So, because that was one of the things that frustrated me. I feel like I've talked about this before, 
on the podcast, but I used to hate trying to find things on to watch on Amazon Prime and the app because, again, I we're all watching it under my mom's account. So it was me, my mom, my brother, and my sister. That's four people. We all watched completely different things. So it was just so irritating and frustrating to go through and try to find things that I wanted to watch. So unless it showed up in like the Apple TV app as like something that was trending, it's like, oh, it's available on Amazon Prime. I would rarely <laughs> go in there just to find something or unless I knew it was like a Prime original that I want to watch, then I would rarely go in there. So thank you for adding that. But if you're going to add that, then you need to allow or open up the ability for multiple people to watch the same thing on different screens because I was like, yeah, let's do it. Sent my $10 and then we went to try to go watch it. And it was like, you can't watch it because someone else was watching it because my mom was watching it, but she's in Chicago. I was just like, that completely defeats the purpose of creating multiple profiles under one account if you guys can't watch the same thing at the same time. Also, shout out to Disney because I just realized the other day when I was in or um, in the Disney Plus app that you can watch, like do like a group watch type of situation, like the Netflix party thing. I haven't tried it yet, so can't tell you how it worked. But I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I'm trying to find something <laughs> that I can watch with other people to test out how it works. But like that just came across my mind. But like shout out to them for that. But like Amazon, I'm gonna need you to figure it out because you figuring out everything else, you guys test into everything else. And first of all, I don't understand why it took so long for you to even enable the ability for multiple profiles to be created under one account. But also, I'm going to need you to look into enabling the um, ability for multiple users on the same account to watch the same thing, especially movies that we are renting and only have for like 48 hours after starting the movie. Just throwing that out there. So we couldn't watch it together. Uh, we ended up watching something else. It was like an old movie. And so because my mom had watched it, that meant that I only have 48 hours to watch the movie. So I ended up watching it the next day on my own. Completely could have passed on this. This was not something that, <laughs> again, I would have watched on my own. Um, honestly, I probably would have been okay waiting for this to just be available for free. And even then, it probably would have took a while for me to watch it. Because I went back and watched the trailer again because like, let me make sure this is not horror because it was nighttime by the time I was able to watch it. And I was like, after Lovecraft Country, you know, if you know, I'm just like, I don't need all this trauma before I'm trying to go to bed. And so um, I went back and watched the trailer and I was like, okay, so it seems like to me from the trailer, uh, people are being taken from like their life black people are being taken from their lives and then put into this slave type of situation that's what i was getting from the um trailers so going into this it like all started off it was just the the storytelling just to me just felt so off it was never really cohesive and never really flowed like we start in what we think is like way back in in the past or way back in history um, during times where black people were slaves, but like actually were in present time, which I knew. And then you kind of are like looking at, listening to the conversation between um, Janelle Monae's character and the girl that ends up showing up. 
And it sounds like they're saying they got snatched up out of their regular lives and put here. But then Janelle is like, oh, shh, 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 And so, like, we spent all this time here. And then we go backwards. Like, there was just no... And it was like, the way that they did it, which to me, I could see people being like, okay, was she dreaming? Like, are we back in time? Is this the future? Are they, like, two different families? Because even the description of the uh even the description of the movie is like successful author veronica henley finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late like even that's super super vague and so you're just like is this the future is this the present this happened to her before is she like having flashbacks to someone else's life like it just was not really clear even though Based on the trailer, I thought it was just like people getting snatched up out their regular lives and put in and turned into slaves. And so I was like, whatever. So it just made, and then you had like that whole part, which was we find out eventually that that was before what happened and led up to her getting snatched in the first place. But even that whole thing didn't make sense. Um, I was about to call her Gabby. Douglas, which is definitely not her name. Gabrielle Sidibe, which I hope I haven't had to say her full name in a long time. So hopefully I did not jack that up, but I feel like I probably did. But like her whole character like didn't really make sense. I just felt like there was no dimension to all any of the characters. Even Veronica, like I just felt like there was no um character development across the board at all. So again, another situation where I'm supposed to care about what's going on with these people but there's nothing giving me reason to really care about what's going on with them so like all that just was like whatever so then we finally get to the point where she does break free which was like uh um what's the word i can't think of the word i don't want to say it wasn't it's not melodramatic pretty much an unsatisfying uh what's it called climax leading up to her being able to escape and then she escapes and we find out that she was literally being held a slave at some it looked like I couldn't really tell I honestly can't remember because again I told you guys I watched I watched this in September I can't remember if it was like a historical site or if it was like where people go and they like can pay to kind of like view that plantation and whatever but essentially they were this was all happening literally in the public in the middle of like society and no one had any clue that this is what was going on because if you where she broke out like you could see people were kind of um in cosplay if you will but like if you go further back you have actual real people being murdered for the color of their skin. So I feel like there was depth, depth there that they wanted to unpack. But the way that we were trying to get to it just was like not really satisfying or really made sense. And wasn't pieced together in a way that made it easy to follow. So for me, one coming from someone who most likely wouldn't have watched this in the first place. But two, come from someone who essentially, I feel like this is supposed to be a thriller um, situation just based off of like, oh, mystery, blah, blah, blah. So I'm assuming this was originally intended to be a thriller. But then when I look on IMDb, it says drama, horror, and mystery. <laughs> 
the horror is misleading because it's definitely not horror. Um, drama, mystery, I mean, whatever. Take it with a grain of salt. It just was not really, to me, that great. And I would not recommend it to other people. I My friends asked me what I thought about it because I watched it and I was just like, oh, it wasn't really that great. But like, they also hesitated in asking me about <laughs> what I thought about things because I don't generally there's not a lot of things that I'm like oh my gosh that was wonderful especially now in the current situation that we're in there aren't a lot of things but there are some things that I'm like oh you should definitely watch it like if we think back earlier like Outer Banks or something like that where I know I literally have to say it a hundred times before anyone will take will bite the bullet and actually watch it but for this I was just like huh like I didn't really need it I wouldn't watch it again I honestly don't really have great things to say about it to recommend it for people to watch. So that's just kind of, it's just kind of like a blah type of uh, situation. So yeah, again, can't really speak to any numbers, can't speak to a cinema score for this. If I had to guess, I would think the cinema score would probably be like a B minus C range. Uh, on IMDb, it's a 5.5, which is like similar to Mulan, but this one only has 8,000. 600 reviews um this did release internationally internationally to date is doing 5.1 million um from the box office but i'm not sure what the budget is i don't honestly i'm not sure what the budget is but i'm assuming it was not that much <laughs> just considering what it is but yeah that's pretty much all I have to say. I told you guys, I didn't have a lot to say about both of these movies, but, oh, I got to give you my <laughs> rating. I would rate this like a C minus, which I I can't even say D. And I'm going to tell you why I can't say anything like a D or an F, because I finally bit the bullet and I watched Cats. And I know that's not what we're supposed to be talking about right now, but like, I, I Cats the Musical, I actually liked Cats the Musical and so when they were like oh we're releasing Cats last year and then like the trailer release and then all the fallout and stuff from that happened I was just like oh this seems a little weird and I it finally became available on um Prime for free and I was like kept putting it off putting up putting off because I was like looking at the time it's about two hours and I was just like oh that's a long time to commit to something that I feel like I'm not going to enjoy watching and honestly did not <laughs> it was just I don't even know how to describe it because I was trying to describe it um in a text message but it was just it was just so weird you just feel weird watching it and you can't really like there's just so many things that are wrong <laughs> with that movie and as a viewer watching it it's just like this just it's just weird that's the only word that I could think of to describe it. it's just a weird viewing experience like the cat costumes the effects everything about it is just it's just weird and I'm just like I will not watch this again <laughs> like I could that would to me is like a true d d movie and so therefore I'm like I can't really give anything a d because that to me is like a true d movie I can't really give an f because a some there are I can't, I don't know. I struggle with giving things Fs. I've given things Fs before, but I haven't given anything an F in a long time. I just really could not give that an F. But 
it's definitely a D, <laughs> even though that's not what you guys came here to, to listen to me talk about. You got you got a freebie there, even though this is free in general. But you got a you got a bonus, <laughs> quickie, cats. There you go. But yeah, that's all I have to say, guys. Um, I don't know what you guys thought if you watched Mulan or Antebellum. What were your thoughts? Let me know. You can let me know on social media, all that great stuff. But yeah. I will see you guys in the next episode or talk to you guys in the next episode. Well, folks, that's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at Currently Binging on Instagram and at Current Binge on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.